Many churches are struggling. Uh, they have too few members. The members they have are exhausted, often doing too much. And so, why is it that people don't take out membership? And uh, I have to say that uh, there's so many things in our culture that just works against it. Uh, we live in an individualistic culture instead of a group culture, and that works against it. Often people are asking, and when they uh, go to look for a church, uh, the question they're asking is, what can this church do for me, rather than what can I do for the church? Uh, never once in all the years of pastoring have I had someone come and say, you know, we're new to town, or, and we're looking for a church. And we want to find a church where you can answer the question, what can we do for you? You don't hear that. People who come to churches asking the question, how does this church impact me, rather than how do I impact the church? And so they choose their church from their perceived answers. People used to be, when you go back to my parents' generation, uh, they were taught you signed up for long-term commitments. Today we have a generation which looks for short-term commitments. They're looking for to be a part of something that suits them for the moment. Something which fits their current identity and values. And so our culture today sees identity and values as something fluid. It's what you believe in and what you value for today. But that can change tomorrow. And so your identity is what serves you for the moment. But if you want to change it tomorrow, you can. They also want to be free. I've so often over the years just heard this, uh, well, you know, I would sign up to whatever it is, you know, help youth group or be a Sunday school teacher or whatever, but I want my weekends free. So I don't want to sign up. I want to be able to go away if I want. Today, the Lord's Day has become less about the church and more about recreation. The Lord's Day used to be the church was the center of the Lord's Day. For many people now, the Lord's Day, church is an add-on. I go to church if I have time, if I'm not too tired, if I don't have other activities. And so trips, sports, vacations, shopping, and on the list goes, takes precedence over church involvement. Even the baby boomer generation that was taught to have long-term generation or a long-term uh, commitment, that generation is checking out, seeking a life of leisure in their retirement. And so the result is that fewer are taking out membership and actively getting involved in serving in a church. They want the door coming into the church to be very wide, and they want the door out of the church to be just as wide. And then there are other reasons why people have reluctance to join a church. Some have had past negative experiences, and so they're fearful, they're hesitant to commit to a church. Also, this generation has a declining trust in uh, authority or institutions. Even the idea of faithfulness and commitment has changed, and uh, down uh, in Ontario, a survey was taken, and um, this is what they came up with. In this generation, Many people are seeing themselves as very faithful if they're in church at least once a month. So they see themselves as 
commit it. And so the end result is many churches, they're struggling to get people to commit to membership. And so this morning, I just want to answer a couple questions as we go through this. And so first of all, what is church membership? Last week, we looked at baptism and how baptism is a public statement of your commitment to Jesus Christ. It's a commitment to discipleship. Church membership is a public statement of your commitment to the church. And I believe the one naturally follows the other. Church membership is about belonging to and being committed to a community of believers. It's a commitment to live faithfully, even though sometimes it gets messy. And it does. But it's a commitment to live faithfully with a community of believers. It's a commitment to serve God and to spiritually grow within the context of a particular group of believers. Essentially, when you take out membership, you're saying, I want to serve God with this group of people. I want to learn about God with these people. I want to be accountable to God through these people. I want to pray with these people. I want to give my, I use my God-given gifts and abilities to serve these people and to serve God. Membership is not about belonging to a club with privileges. Rather, it's about being a part of the body. And so I ask you this question, can you be fully committed to Jesus Christ and yet not be committed to the body of Christ, the church? Can you do that? At Christmas time, I send a text to a friend just wishing him Merry Christmas and uh, then from there we had a conversation going and um, during that conversation he said, Don, he said, I'm no longer going to church. He said, I'm done with church. But I'm not done with Jesus. I am 100% okay with Jesus. I just don't want anything to do with the church. But Jesus puts such an organic relationship between himself and the church, that says the body, can you be done with the church and be 100% okay with Jesus? I firmly believe commitment to Christ will lead to commitment to the church, to his body. And in our cultural context, commitment to Christ usually leads to membership. Now, Notice I use the word usually. We'll come back to that one at the end of the message. So, is church membership biblical? That's my second question here this morning. And so often people raise this objection, well, I go to the Bible. I don't see it say, thou shalt have membership. Show me. Where does it command it? And that's true. You'll never find that command in, Bible, in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't teach it or encourage it. Actually, this morning, I'm going to try to show to you that it assumes it. Some might say, well, the early church didn't have membership. And my answer to that is, how do you know? We don't know exactly how they approach membership. But again, I'm going to show that the early church clearly knew who was in and who was out which means you have some kind of membership. My belief is that in the early church, if you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and you were baptized 
you are considered a member by virtue of being born again. As such, you were a part of the group, you served within the group, you were discipled within the group, you were accountable to the group, you were expected to be fully committed and an involved member of your local church. And so they didn't think, I don't think, quite in the same terms of membership that we do. They thought in terms, you're a believer, great, you're a member, and you're accountable for all the things that are part of being a member. And so in their thinking, if you uh, were not a member, you were one of two things. You were either a believer under discipline who had been excommunicated from the church, or you were an unbeliever who they needed to win to the church and to Jesus. I believe that to say that they didn't have membership is clearly a misunderstanding. Their membership may have looked different from ours, but they had a clear in and a clear out. They knew who belonged and they knew who didn't belong and they were organized. So let me just go through some reasons why I believe uh, that the Bible assumes membership. First of all, many of the biblical commands require a formal membership of some kind. If, you, if they didn't have a formal membership, the command just does not make sense. And the Bible has many of these. So we only have time to look at one this morning. So I'm going to look at Hebrews 13, 17. And it says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Now this command requires a defined group where people are members. Or it becomes meaningless. So I want to illustrate it here this morning. So I want to call up Michael here this morning. I asked him if he would do this. He has no idea what was coming. So we put him on the spot. But I, I told him I'd be okay. So Michael, as the team lead for the elders in the church, there's a spiritual responsibility there. Who are you responsible for? Are you responsible for the members? I'm responsible for the members and everyone else who calls this church. Okay, so you'd say attendees? <clears throat> yep. Infrequent attendees? Well, I think it fizzles out. So I don't take a list. So somewhere it starts so to become kind of every month to get priority but rather almost everyone who okay so what about people who attend the Nazarene church no <laughs> okay so you're finally drawing a line here see who is accountable to you and I want to ask you this question. How do you hold them to account if they're not members? So Michael's talking in a responsibility that as a church, we're, if you're not a member, we are glad you're here and we try to serve you and uh, help you along in your way with, uh, in your journey with Christ. But uh, let's put it into a context, a little different context. So I'm a member here. So let's say sometime during this next month, you discover 
that I'm spreading malicious rumors about Greg and I'm telling lies. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, I'll just hold you account. Okay, so you're going to come and hold me account. Why? Because I am accountable to you. But what if I say, Michael, why don't you go take a hike? Which another way of saying get lost is none of your business. What then can you do? I come with a group of other people to you. Okay, good. You're following a biblical process there. See, you're doing that because as a member, you have a responsibility to me, and I have a responsibility to be accountable to you. But when I'm not a member, in reality, that doesn't exist. If you're not a member, Michael can go to you and say, so let's say I'm not a member, wasn't a member. Michael could say to me, Don, that's not good. If you're a believer in Christ, you shouldn't be doing that. It's sin. But because I'm not a member in that situation, I can tell him to go take a hike. And he can't do a thing about it. Because on my part, I've not accepted any accountability to him. Even though he's trying to hold me accountable and trying to do what he should be doing. You see, as long as I'm a member of this church, as a church you have a responsibility for me and an accountability over me, and I have a responsibility to be accountable to the church. But once I'm not a member of this church, that's severed. It's only in the context of membership that this biblical command can be carried out. Okay, you can sit down. Thank you, Michael. Uh, you can try. You can try to give that spiritual care. But because the person is not committed in membership, you can't carry it through if they're not willing to be. You see, it's only in the context of a membership that this biblical command for the leaders to hold you account can be carried out and the command is for you to be accountable to them can that be carried out. Now you can take any of the disciplined passages of the Bible. They only make sense within the context of membership. A clear who is in and a clear who is out. You cannot dis discipline someone who's not a member. Uh, the Bible even teaches discipline to the point of excommunication if a person is continuing in serious sin and is refusing to respond to the leadership of the church. But you can't remove someone who's never been in in the first place. It's impossible. In fact, in our culture, legally, the church cannot hold you to account unless you've accepted membership and accepted that accountability. And so the hands are tied of the leaders in those kind of situations. And so within scripture, when you come to these commands, there's a very clear in and a very clear out. And so, so many of the biblical commands and encouragements hinge on there being a clear sense of who is in and who is out. Even you go on to other passages, the elders are told to shepherd those whom God has given them. Not everybody but those whom God has given them. Now, in our context, our elders would say they're called to shepherd 
And that's what Michael affirmed. Even those who are just attending, they're going to try to shepherd them. But when it comes to specific accountability, it says that they will one day have to give an account, not for the group in, uh, as a whole, but individually. It's gone individual here. I am to be responsible to them because one day my name will be attached when Jesus says, Michael, what about Don? How do you do? Michael, what about put your name there? The name will be attached. And so we make it far better, much easier for them on that judgment day if we have actually taken out membership and made ourselves accountable to them. You see, biblically, you're to be in. That will look different across the centuries. It'll look different across the world, exactly how we do that. But there's still to be a clear in and a clear out. Now, you'll hear the objection, someone will say at this point, but I belong to the church universal. You know, that's the body of Christ. That's what it's talking about. Well, if you want to follow the logic of that through, then you must submit to leaders everywhere because you're commanded to submit to the leadership. And so how many of you here this morning you feel that you're accountable to the leaders of the United Church? Anyone raise their hands? No, we don't feel that way. Or the Anglican Church, or the Nazarene, or the Pentecostal, you can go on. You see, if you try to apply these commands of the Bible to the church universal, then you're responsible to every church to every leadership team, to every pastor out there. What a mess that would be. It just doesn't work. Submitting only works within the context of a local church membership. And to avoid membership becomes a way of avoiding accountability to a local church leadership. They cannot hold you to account if you're not in membership. Now, yes, you can not be a member. You can choose to make yourself accountable to them. But then my question is, then why don't you simply take out a membership and formalize it? Take the commitment. It's like a common law relationship. And someone comes along to this couple and says, well, why don't you get married? Make that commitment. Why well, I am committed. Well, then why not get married and make it formal? Well, I can't, but I am committed. You see the disconnect there? I want to be committed, but I don't want to make the step of commitment. It's a disconnect. You see, as long as you do not take out membership, the option is always there to tell the church to get lost if they're trying to hold us accountable. And in most situations, do not be accountable to the local elders uh, the local leadership is to live in disobedience to the Lord's commands. And so the Bible does have a very clear inside and a clear outside. And uh, as I've said, many passages only make sense if you have that concept that there's a clear inside and a clear outside. In 1 Corinthians 5, we have a, an actual illustration of this happening as uh, Paul's writing to the Corinthian church and uh, he's heard the report that he says there's sexual immorality in the church of a kind that even the pagans don't do. And what was happening was a man was living with his father's wife. 
having a sexual relationship with her. And so either his father was polygamy and he had more than one wife and he was living with, not with his mother, it's not saying that, but with uh, another wife or the, his dad had remarried. But he was having this relationship and it was an open thing. Everyone knew about it. This man was in the church and no one was doing anything about it. And so Paul's chastising the church. And in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 5, he says, it's, you know, it's none of my business to judge those who are outside the church. But it is your business to judge those who are inside. It says, leave those who are outside to God. But as a church, we are to judge those who are inside. Paul's using those words. There has to be a clear inside and a clear outside if you're going to deal with people's lives. And so he tells them to put the man out of the church until he repents. Second Corinthians, you have him repented, and he, he writes them back and says, bring him back into the church. He's repented. He's changed. Welcome him back. But you see, that kind of discipline required an inside and outside. It required a membership where they couldn't put him out. So they knew who was inside. They knew who was outside. They had some way of defining it. And every generation needs some kind of system to determine this. Okay, third point to why I believe that the Bible assumes that there's membership is the early church was clearly organized. We're not told a lot how they're organized, but in Acts 6 we have the election of deacons. In other passages we have the election of elders. This is the church who's electing these positions. Then 1 Timothy 5, they have a list of widows who they're going to be helping out, helping support them. In Acts 15, we have them coming together and they're having a church council. And they knew who were the leaders who could make these decisions. And so they were very clearly organized. So why wouldn't have they been organized with some kind of a membership? The fourth reason I believe why it's assumed, and we don't have time to deal with these scripture passages, so I'm just going to highlight some things out of them. But belonging to a group was seen as an essential part of the growth process. And so when you go to Ephesians 4, he's telling us to live a life that's worthy of the calling that we've received. How do we do that? He links that through to we're part of one body, the body of Christ, and to each of us within that body, he has given us certain gifts. Each one of you has a God's grace given to you in the form of a gift, an ability, so that you can use that to help prepare each other to do God's work of the ministry. So that the whole entire body then is built up until we become mature in Christ, attaining the full measure of the fullness of Christ. And he ends up in that, uh, the end of that passage in verse 15, uh, each part will be doing its part of that. And so he moves from one group Individuals within the group are doing their part, so the whole group is healthy and doing its part. And so that whole growth process, the whole serving process, is all done in the context of, I belong to this local church, and I grow in this local church, and I do my part in this local church, and because I'm doing my part, everyone else benefits, and because they're doing their part, I benefit. 1 Corinthians 12, you have the same thought again. 
of it being the body, and he's given the, each part uh, a role to play. And he's saying that we cannot say, hey, I don't want to do my part. Uh, or I'm not a part of it. And so he takes the body, and if you're a hand to say that you're not a part of the body, that doesn't work. If you're a foot to say you're not a part of the body. He goes on and uh, he reverses it, and he's saying, the group can't say to you either on the other side, hey, you're a hand, we don't need you. No, we are each a part of this body, and we need each other. And we need to be doing our part in that body. And your part in here, God has given you a specific place exactly as he wants you to be. And you need to know that and be using it. But the point I want to make out of all of that is to be in Christ is to be in a community of believers. You can't separate those. Not biblically. You can't separate it. And so the Bible is not using the term members here in the sense of a list or a club it's using it more organically. You are a part of a body, and it's essential that you're a part of that body. And so to not be a member is totally foreign to biblical thinking. And so to be in Christ is uh, to be inside on that path of growth and maturity and blessing. And if we're not a part of that path of growth, maturity, maturity and blessing, if we're not considering ourselves on the inside, and we see ourselves as being on the outside, we're actually fostering within ourselves an attitude of consuming. I come here for what I get rather than I come here for what I give to the group. And then we can go on and you're clearly identified as members in all the metaphors. So we've talked about the body. But the Bible always uses the metaphor of we're a temple, a building of stones. Pull out a stone from a wall. If we change the illustration to our church here, pull one log out from a wall, what do you have? A hole. Going to get a little uncomfortable in the winter, isn't it? Uh, each log is unique, but it serves a purpose. And so we need it. The Bible also gives the illustration from the metaphors of a family. And we're each members of the family. Think of it as a, you take a family and if you have a member who says, I don't want to be a part of that family, but I want to have all the benefits of that family. Does that work? No, it doesn't work. I want to go back to the local body. If my hand were not a part of my body, what happens to the hand? It dies. Cut it off, it dies. When you walk away from the local body of Christ and don't want to be a part of the body, there begins within you a death experience. A diminishing for you. And there's a loss to the body. It's within the context of the body that we experience spiritual life. It's within the context of the body that so often he reveals his will and moves us, that he ministers to us, he rebukes us, he cleanses us and heals us. Yes, there's that collective universal body of Christ, but 
it doesn't work within that world universal body of Christ. All these things only work within your local church, your local family. One author said this. After talking about these things, he said, I, so I'll start quoting here. I hear you complaining already. My, he's being dramatic. I'm a member of Christ. I just can't find a local church I like. I'm a member of the universal church, just not of anyone in particular. Then the author said, I want, to, I want you to understand that being part of the universal church without submitting to a local church is not possible, biblical, or healthy. End of quote. There's no way that you can experience the benefits or the accountability within a universal church. And so scripture strongly teaches that to happen within the context of your local church. So living without membership, it fosters an unhealthy uh, independence and we need that humility of submitting to each other. We need the encouragement and the fellowship of others. We need that. And I really believe that if you're walking with God, with Christ, this is one of the things the Holy Spirit will be doing within you where you just desire to be part of that experience. That's the work of God within you. Now after all that I've said, there may still be someone who says, I can be all those things without being on a membership. And I have to say, yes, technically that is true, but for practically for most of us, it's not going to happen. For the most part, not to be a member is not to fully commit to the church or to be accountable to the church. And when we do not fully commit to the church or be accountable to the church or grow within the context of the church, it means not to fully commit to Christ or be accountable to Christ. So let me just put this briefly in a different way. Why should I be a member? Because the church needs you. The church is pictured as something alive, a body made of many different parts, and when you're missing a body part, the body is diminished. It doesn't quite function quite as well. The body still carries on, but it's diminished. And so if you're missing a hand or a foot, an eye or an ear, your body's diminished in what it can do. Because each part is not there to serve itself, it's there to serve the body. And when that member is missing, that service is missing, and then what happens within the church is another member of the body has to pick up what that person should have been doing, and they're still trying to do what they're doing. And you end up with an exhausted person because they're doing too much. Or they drop what they should have been doing in order to do this other one, and now you have another hole in the church. When one part is hurting, it impacts the whole body. The church is also pictured that building of stones. Remove that stone and now you have the, the buildings diminished. It's not as effective. It's not as strong. Also, the church is a legal organization under the laws of Canada as a society. It requires that we have a membership. It requires you have members who vote and make decisions and who are accountable to the government that things are done in lawful ways. And so we're required to do that. So the church needs you. But on the flip side, you need the church. You are called to be a committed disciple of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ intended for that to happen within the context of a local church. 
And as I said, you've been given a gift, a role to play within that. Ephesians tells us that God has prepared in advance all the good works that he wants you to do. And many of those good works will be in the context of the local church. And so if you're not a member of a local church, you're actually missing out on what God wants you to do. Galatians 6 tells us that we're to be coming alongside each other as members of a local body and carrying each other's burdens. I need the church for that. You need the church for that. Hebrews 10 tells us not to give up meeting together, but rather we're to spur each other on to good works, towards love and good deeds. We need the church to be encouraging us and spurring us on. Now here's my last question. Is there a place not to be a member? And my answer is yes, temporarily. And that's the key. You may have temporary circumstances, so I'll just use myself as a pastor. When I come to a church, as a pastor, I become a member of that church by virtue of them hiring me. And I become accountable to the church. When I'm no longer the pastor of the church, I lose my membership. Now, when you're in between churches, you now don't have a membership. That's a temporary situation. One day, when uh, I no longer do the job of being a pastor, we will then take out permanent long-term membership at a church. Uh, you might have where a student is away from home. It can be temporary work assignments. Uh, in our town here with the military, as uh, they come in and be here for a shorter time and leave again, uh, you can have immigrants who are here for a time just to work and then they leave again. Um, you can have newcomers and they will be for a time without membership as they look for a church. Yes, there are circumstances where because of your circumstance, you don't want to go through that process, become a member. Uh, but temporary means that temporary. As soon as possible, we should be placing ourselves under the authority of a local church. And uh, my answer to that is as much as possible, while it's temporary, seek to make yourself accountable. Seek to make yourself involved. And some of you may, because of a job where you're always moving, you're kind of always in that circumstance. And my answer again to that is while you're in that location, as much as possible, get involved and be accountable. The other reason uh, that can happen is uh, there's a hindrance to taking out church membership. And uh, many years ago in one of the churches uh, we were serving, we had a lady uh, her husband wasn't a believer, and he actually forbade her from taking out uh, membership in the church. And in his thinking is, if you take out membership, now you need to tithe your money to the church. And he said, we are not going to tithe our money to any church. And so he told her she not to join. She felt that she should honor him and not join, but she was fully committed to the church. She let the church know that she was committed. She let him know that she was accountable to the church. 
she served faithfully wherever she could serve. And the interesting thing, her husband was 100% okay with all of that. Sometimes there may be a doctrinal or a practice issue that hinders you from joining. Uh, you want to be a part of the church. It might be even the only church in your local community. But there's something that blocks you, uh, stands in the way of you becoming a member. So we face this at Valleyview as uh, we were pastoring a Baptist church there. And uh, the local church didn't want this. But their denomination said their beliefs was that you had to be... Uh, before you became a member, you had to be baptized by immersion or you couldn't become a member. Now, within our church, we had uh, several people that had been baptized by pouring, still believers' baptism. Uh, the local church said, we accept that, but the denomination said, we don't, and you can't go there. And so these people... They couldn't become members. They wanted to be members. But what they did instead, and the church allowed for it, they made themselves fully accountable. They served where they could serve. They were very faithful people in that church. And in other words, they lived as though they were members. And the church accepted them as though they were members. They just lacked some of the privileges of membership then. And so there are reasons, sometimes yes, why you can't. But I really believe that if you're in that situation where you feel you cannot take out membership, then live as though you're a member. I believe that's the answer. The answer is to see if there's some way to remove the hindrance, but if not, then just live as though you're a member. There are basically, biblically, there are no Lone Rangers. The Bible doesn't teach Lone Ranger Christianity. We are to be part of the body. We are to be on the inside, not on the outside. But then there's another category. Those who are becoming. They may be newcomers. They may be new believers. And it's wise for them to just take some time. And is this the church where I want to become a part of? Maybe the church down the road better suits me. And there's been one or times as a pastor, I've said to someone, you know, we love you, but you know, that church down the road is going to better serve you and meet your needs and you're going to fit better there. And they're a really good church. If you want to stay here, that's awesome. But maybe that other church will better serve you. Um... It takes time to know those things. But for all of us, God is calling us to that path of discipleship, being a fully committed follower of Jesus within a body of believers. And so this morning, I just want to encourage you to think about, if you're not a member, um, I encourage you to become a member. And actually, Michael is doing membership classes right now. And I think we could probably persuade him, uh, even though he started, do more. And so if you're interested, I encourage you to talk to Michael, and uh, he can uh, start you on that process. Now, there's, uh, as I close here, there's one last group of people that uh, I haven't mentioned. Not that they don't want to be members. They would love to be members. They've just never been taught about it. 
they haven't really thought about it. They feel like a part of this church. They've been faithful. Many, uh, maybe they've been serving well. But no one has ever actually went to them and said, have you considered church membership? And so those who are members here, this is one of your, I believe, responsibilities. Come alongside someone that is a member and just say, have you ever considered it? We'd love to see you take out membership. And very often that's all they need is that little encouragement to do so, put it in their minds. Let's pray. Father, we've covered a lot of ground here, but I really believe that the scripture firmly teaches that we're to be on the inside within the body of Christ, committed to the body of Christ, allowing the body of Christ to serve us and us being committed to serving the body. Being accountable, encouraging one another, and growing up all together until we reach that maturity that's in Jesus Christ. So I just pray that if there's any here that uh, they've been thinking about it, you would just um, use these thoughts this morning. Maybe it's, for some, it's just to begin that thinking process. But I pray that you would just... Uh, do your work in each of our hearts. I pray for us as uh, who are members that we would take up our responsibility just to come alongside and say, you know, we're so glad you're here and we'd love to see you take out membership. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.